do it to it. Uh, I've got um, nine pages. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I only got four. <laughs> That's like, like okay, so <laughs> we're not actually watching him. <laughs> Whoops. No, I've only got four. It's pretty pretty fast. Pretty quick. Like, I, I did. I have four pages too. Did we do the same topic? Yeah. What did you do? I did it. What'd you do? I did the one that you're doing. Oh my god. Just for fun. It's really fun. That's stupid. Yeah, yeah. I have to open something real fast. Um, how do I go to my document thing? Um, you open the file finder and in my documents is usually like on the first. Well, page. it normally like has a little thing the little button down the bottom. I'm so bad at technology. Just so bad. Ask your computer. Can you believe? Okay, Dell. Okay, okay Dell. Honestly. Sometimes I'm so friggin' lazy while I'm working that I'm like, man, I really wish this had, like, a voice to, like, laptop function so I could just, like, write. Talk. Yeah, just, like, talk in the computer and write, make it write what I want to. And it's upsetting that it doesn't have that. They do have that program. On this? Was it's it called? available. Cortana or something? Hey, Cortana! No. no. Uh, I think it's, like, Dragon or something like that. On Dell? It's what a, is this? A com- it's a PC it program. Dell? Oh, well then maybe I'll do that. <laughs> like, hey, let's uh, just talk. Because then I can like type it, type while I'm not typing. So I can like lay there in my bed, like, and the customer's like, where are my socks at? I'm like, I don't know, babe. <laughs> you don't get any. You don't get any socks. Send tweet. <laughs> Google voice typing or mm. dragon professional individual. Oh. Well then, maybe Windows I'll try that. speech recognition. I don't do that. I'll probably use Google. Braina Pro. Braina Pro? Did you think it think it worked? <coughs> I'm dying. <coughs> Braina Pro? Braina Pro? Voice finger. Mm-hmm. Apple dictation. Mm-hmm. Say dictation again. Dictation? Oh. Ooh. I don't enjoy that you did that. <laughs> Why? Nothing random. I should probably just leave this open. Don't spill it, though. Don't. Do you want us to get you a sippy cup? We have those. Maybe. No, I don't. Mm. You want a silly straw? <gasps> woo woo woo! Yeah! Uh, that'd be, but that'd still be really hard to drink out. <laughs> I want you to be like, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> woo woo! While I was driving out here, I thought of something. Because I'm fucking weird. Um, mm-hmm. Do you ever have blinker races with the person in front of you? <laughs> blinker races? Yeah, like when you're like, like park not park you're waiting for a light behind someone and your blinker like left blinker is going faster or slower than theirs you're like who's gonna win and then they like catch up to each other no okay well i do I don't <laughs> because i am that. weird <laughs> i do think it's silly when people's blinkers are about to go out and they're just like apparently you can see that inside of your car too it's never happened to me but like when your blinker is going out like the little like actual blinker in your car like the green light does the same thing that's what's happening behind it Mm -hmm. so like that means that you need to get that replaced Mm -hmm. it's not just like oh something's happening in my car (laughs) my car's got the zooms (laughs) yeah well that's also like people who are like i've been driving with the service engine light for the past three years (laughs) like (laughs) how why (laughs) the car's faking it well, it's also uh, uh, an a allegory for my entire life as well, which is like, check engine light is on. Does anyone really care? No. Do I care? No. The person looks under the hood. Yeah, I don't I don't really know. It's a Q. Or something. Some big. It's a ghost. Some big. 
coming. Oh, Lord, she coming. That would be a ghost. Is that a moth? Is that the moth that was attacking me last week? It's still here. No, it's a mosquito. Oh. Why are they still alive? It's cold outside. Die. Because it's warm in here. And it was warm two days ago. Do you have just sitting water in your house that mosquitoes are just propagating? Yeah, we got a bathtub. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I just got a bathtub full of mosquito water. I have a swamp underneath the house. (laughs) Well, that's (laughs) just for funsies. Yeah. The toilets? Uh, I don't think mosquitoes propagate in toilets. I don't need you to say propagate. You can That's say what they lay do. Eggs. <laughs> lay eggs. Propagate. propagate. Grow. What are you, fucking scientist? <laughs> it's almost as if I am. Or, I love that I claim to be a scientist and I haven't done anything science-y for five years now. <laughs> well, listen. Listen. <gasps> You're wearing glasses and a sweater. That's science-y. That's is science-y. science-y enough for me. You know what we forgot to celebrate last week? December 29th was my fifth year of living in Houston. Really? I moved December 29th of 2015. Oh my god, when are you moving back? Uh, well, I To where don't... somewhere else? Where are you moving? Where, when are you moving to I'm not moving back. We're not doing the shirts thing. Uh, I don't know. What's my next adventure? It's 5 years here. Time's up, man. You got to do something else. Didn't find love in 5 years. Clock ticking. <laughs> I think your it's broken. Yeah, the really. watch is broken. What if I move to DC? That's so random, right? That's, that'd be so random. You should I move actually... to Puerto Vallarta. <laughs> Ooh, girl. Um, I I think DC is my favorite city that I've been to. I really like Chicago too, but DC is mm. my favorite. Yeah, and then I like New York. I don't. And like I like New York. San Francisco, but those are not places that people live. I don't want to live in New York. I I am all right with visiting it twice, and I don't know that I have anything to do there again <laughs> if that makes any sense you i don't could get uh spit on by a homeless person i could i could also probably be peed on by a homeless person well i could also that happened. could happen to me here in houston well yes uh, but i mean i typically pay them for that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um good good uh choice of your funds yeah uh but dc is that my jacket yes there's also a lime juicer in the jacket Aaron was mad at me because I forgot that I left that at your house and I asked him to make margaritas. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got one of those. And that's at your house. <laughs> or actually at Kathy's house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then my mom she, gave it. She was like, I just brought it on the day after. And I've been forgetting to give it to you for yeah. uh, weeks. I love that. Well, Aaron didn't have it. So he had to make margaritas for us by hand, which was hilarious. He was like, he'd have to like take breaks, like in between margaritas that he was making us because he made him like, I don't know why he didn't just get a margarita like mix. Which is what I asked him to do, mm-hmm. and he instead got a billion limes, and was like, "I'm gonna make fresh margaritas by hand." And so it was basically just like straight up tequila and lime, like lots of lime juice. It was like tequila limeade, which it was delicious, because he also put like Cointro in it and um, Cointro. Is that what it's called? Cointro. Uh, I don't care. Cointro. <laughs> yeah. Um, got that that uh, uh, that nickel tro coin Cointro coins anyways i will not be slandered on this podcast the coins darling the coins. the coins the coins i will not be slandered on this podcast it's too late you've already been slandered. Yeah, i know honestly 85 weeks of me slandering myself <laughs> and me taking a stab at it <laughs> like oh chris did you say something stupid again episode of the, the title Slide of the episode, the episode. <laughs> stupid timbreth T- timbreth it's very timbreth <laughs> Not a thing. Okay, but that's also a quote from Parks and Rec. So give me a bl- bl- like 
Give me a Blake. Give me, oh, give me a Blake. Blake. Give me a Blake. Blake me a Blake. <laughs> I feel like somebody named Blake would be very, uh, you know who should be named oh. Blake? Who? Taylor should be named Blake. Why? Because it's just kind of like a privileged a... middle class white boy? Yes. Oh. See, I, I don't know. I really always like the name Blake. So I, I like, I imagine like this like hot, like Ivy League, well, once again, rich middle class white mm. kid, but I, I'm imagining him to be hot. I'm not. I don't think Taylor's hot. <laughs> I'm not so, picturing that. So, I like it when girls are named Blake. I think that's silly. You know what, what name silly. I think is like, this is a rich person. Devin. Blair. Blair St. Clair. Blair. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, Ghost. Ice. Was it ice? Yes. It doesn't matter. Um, hey, Spencer, I have to ask you a question. <laughs> is it about Blair? No. Oh. Does, All right. Oh, wait. I can't use that anymore. Well, I'm going to use it anyways. <laughs> Did did 2020 have you feeling spoopy? You know, it really did. It really did. <laughs> well, are our listeners feeling anxious lately, especially when we start to witch cackle? <laughs> 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 well, did you know that your dog can pick up on those feelings? Don't worry. Our sponsor, Baked Bones, is here to help. Their dog bones are made from organic, all-natural, human-grade ingredients and full-spectrum hemp oil, and their products are here to provide you peace of mind and relief to your anxious pup. And hey, you can even use code SPOOPY15 SPOOPY15 to get 15% off your delicious, excuse me, off a bag of your delicious treats or hemp oil tincture today. Check out their Instagram at Baked Bones or the website at BakedBones.com to find some information and reviews on how they've been helping out other dogs, too. You need your Baked Bones now? You can hop on over to Man Ready Mercantile in the Houston Heights, as well as South Congress Street in Austin. Baked Bones! Whoa! Um, I also want to talk about dogs. (gasps) Um, I love talking about dogs. Dogs are very... Wait, look at that dog. Do you remember back in, like, what was it, college or high school when it was like the, I just love cats. The cat lady? Oh, yeah. That's basically <laughs> me. <laughs> I'm just thinking about cats again. <laughs> Their little paws. <laughs> that was me crying last night. Oh, 2020 again. <laughs> Honestly. And guess who didn't cry? The butch mask one over here. Oh, yeah. Me. Butch mask. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, do you want a clean pet without all the hassle? Absolutely. Packing Fido up in the car and driving them all over town is a chore that many of us pet owners rarely enjoy doing. What if instead you could have the groomer come straight to you? With Aussie Pet Mobile of River Oaks, you, you can! can! That was a lot of building. Yeah. Aussie Pet Mobile <laughs> has spacious custom-designed mobile units with all the luxuries of the salon. AC, heat, electricity, and water. No hookups needed. And they never use kennel dryers or harsh chemicals during the grooming process. Their vans ensure that your groomer has the ability to take care of all of your pet's needs, including hair care to paw care and everything in between. They even offer special services such as de-shedding treatments, whitening treatments, hair styling, dead sea mud baths, dark color enhancing treatments, and facials. Another buzz. Their <laughs> groomers are trained and certified and will pamper your pets with a personal 100% cage-free one-on-one experience all from the comfort of your driveway. You know what else the pet mobile groomers are trained on? Good social distancing practices. Make your appointment today and be sure to ask about our contact-free pet grooming service. Aussie Pet Mobile of River Oaks. Wow. I almost said young. And I was like, 
Maybe I shouldn't say yum for that. <laughs> yum! Pet hair. Mm. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> Love when they... Trim. Did you see that baby over there? Look at that. Look at him. He's mad, but he's probably mad because we keep clacking fans. Or I. That's... He's <laughs> <laughs> like, don't you fucking Don't you dare. fucking do it. I'll bite I your arm you off. over there. <laughs> he's watching me so hard right now. You dumb fucker. <laughs> I fucking hate you. Don't. <laughs> he's bothering Thomas instead. Help! Help me! <laughs> okay. Um... Who went first last week? I went first last week, right? Yes, I think so. So you go first this week. Let's <laughs> hear a real story. Okay, now. darling. Well, you didn't like mine last week? I only talked for an hour and a half last week. Oh. <laughs> Sip. That's my favorite part about you is that you're just succinct. So, so to the point, not long-winded. You, just, give, you get the point and you get out. There's no point in giving too many details to a story that are mm-hmm. completely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. I just very, like, just Matter cut of fact, and dry. Lee, mm-hmm. Just get in and get out. Like, this is what happened. Period. At one time when I was 13. <laughs> Honestly. That's you. That's my story. It's like, well, then there was that one time that I was 13. Um, and then I, like, talked about... You know, I growing really up, wearing black black jeans, and then the I asked asked a question like, "Wait, what were we talking about?" <laughs> Anyways, I had a lot of band T shirts, <laughs> and I really didn't even like heavy metal music, but they were all heavy metal. So then, talking about my aesthetic now, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so what I mean that leads to the fact that my mom got them on sale, mm. and this is the reason why I love sales. Yeah. And then the sales, you know, I like to save money. And so, Mm -hmm. like, my investments right now, that's, I mean, starting started back when I was 13. It's all a progress. Yeah. Anyway, so Jeffrey Dahmer. (laughs) Oh. Anyway, so Jeffrey Dahmer, yeah. (laughs) No, my my story is going to be about the Sodder children. I don't know about them. Have we talked about them? What have you talked about them? That'd be really funny. Okay. I haven't. Maybe you have. I don't know. Probably not. Um, So... It was a normal Christmas Eve in 1945. The Sauter family... I have to talk about them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the first word, it. it. Oh, I did that. Uh, the Sauter family of Fayetteville, West Virginia, uh, was going to sleep for the holidays. Aww. Get ready for Christmas Day, except Aww. for the eldest son. He Aww. was away at the army. Um, all of the nine siblings were enjoying the holiday with their parents, George and Jenny. D- Jenny. Mm-hmm. Fucking Jenny. It's That's always Jenny. a Jenny. Well, don't be mean to her because something bad happens to her. Oh, she probably deserved it. She was asking for it. <laughs> um, so the children are in bed. Five of the children Maurice, Martha, Louis, Jenny, Jr. Betty. <laughs> Jenny, Jr.? <laughs> Like women names, if you're named after your mom, are you still a junior? I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. That's a very valid question. Jenny Junior. Jenny Junior. Um, they ask <laughs> um, whatever wife I marry. What? <laughs> Never mind. I'll take my answer off the air. <laughs> I would, I would like you to retract the statement. No woman would ever come near you. Uh, oh, that's a gay. No, I'm not. <laughs> What are you talking about? Oh my god, did you see that man and all his muscles? <laughs> well, uh, Jessica, your husband's really great at um... picking things up and putting things down again. <laughs> did you see that? Jessica, Jessica, I'm not gay. Jessica, Jessica, I'm Jessica. not gay. Jessica, I'm not gay. We talked about that. Okay. I'm not gay. I'm saving myself for marriage, okay? I know we've been married for four years. <laughs> but 
But it's not time. But Jessica. God has a plan for us. <laughs> it's not time to do it yet. Just, you got to wait till marriage and then some to do it, you know? My parents still never had sex. And, and, and I, they're, they're doing fine. I came out of a test tube. Yep. I feel like I'm talking like Cecily Straw. No, I feel like you're talking how you normally talk. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> So, <laughs> so let me just leave on that insult. <laughs> uh, these five children asked for special permission to stay up later. Didn't you see. just do this one? No. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. I think you did. No, I didn't. Unless it's a different one. Staying up on Christmas. You just did this one last week. No, I didn't. I think you did. <laughs> I did not. Who did the you house do? is on fire? No. Okay. Shut Wait, the yes. fuck up then. No, you did something last week. Yeah, and he killed his whole family. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't mm-hmm. make me sound stupid. Well, they you started off the same way. Oh, they the kids had special permission to stay up late on Christmas Eve. I don't Eve. think that that was the correct thing. That was absolutely the same story or similar story. No. Um, so Jenny said you could stay up a little bit longer, but you remember you'd have to take care of the farm animals. No, oh, God. And you have to turn out all the lights and close the curtains and lock the front door before you go to bed. And they were like, okay. Uh, and so George and Jenny and four of the other children, sorry, four other children, mm-hmm. went to bed. Uh, the eldest daughter falling asleep on the couch. Uh, later in the early hours of Christmas Day, the phone rang. Are you sure this isn't the same story? Yes. Okay. Jenny left the first floor bedroom, which she shared with George and the baby, and went into the hall to answer it. Uh, a woman was on the other end of the line. It sounded like there were several people talking in the background. The woman asked Jenny for someone Jenny did not know. Jenny told the woman that she had the wrong number. The woman laughed strangely and hung up quickly. Jenny may have puzzled momentarily about the strange call in the middle of the night, but her focus shifted quickly because the house was quiet, but all the lights were still on. The drapes were open. The front door was unlocked. Jenny just presumed that the five children who had stayed up had forgotten. So she closed the house and returned to bed. And it's the 40s. So you know that in the morning, those children are going to get beat. Smacked. Yeah. Um, back in bed, Jenny was drifting back into sleep when she heard what sounded like an object landing on the roof and then rolling down the side of the house. And then she smelled, smelled smoke. Oh, my gosh. It was approximately 1.30 a.m. on Christmas Day. She shook George awake and ran to the door of the bedroom. The hallway was filled with smoke and flames. They covered wow, the stairway. Wow, that's a weird Santa Claus visit. Yeah. <laughs> he probably, like, when he came down the chimney, it's scattered like, ashes. Yeah, he's like, oh, shit. He's like, fuck you guys. My Merry bad. Christmas, <laughs> bitches. <laughs> um, and so George and Jenny shouted up the stairs for everyone to get out of the house. Once out front, a head count showed that there were five children were missing. You did the story last week. No, I didn't. You absolutely did the story last week. I absolutely did not. (laughs) Okay. Do you want me to pause and go look? I kind of do. (laughs) Unless I just somehow have heard this story somewhere. What a task. (laughs) This is the stupidest. Is it plugged in here? Is it? Yes. (laughs) I'm just double checking. Mm. Uh, so I've sh- shit all over this whole podcast <laughs> today. So you can't even blame me for this one. 
But you're going. But I'm going to. But I'm going. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Uh, so, so we're yeah, just... I fucked up my topic. <laughs> I fucked up the recording. And here we are. <laughs> Take but, three. Clack. <laughs> but we're going to do it. And you know why? Because we're not quitters. We're dedicated. Actually, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm I don't want to do this. Anymore. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be here. What What were the topics we talked about? We'll find more random offshoots to talk about again. Yeah. So, um, so we're going to talk about the Beverly Hills Supper Club. Mm. <laughs> I've never heard this before. It's so random. <laughs> so, don't take that from me. <laughs> you stole it from Shit's Creek. Uh, no, I stole it from uh, Summer Heights High. I don't know what that is, so I'm gonna go ahead with my idea and say you stole it from Shit's Creek. Who who said it on Shit's Creek? Uh, so there's a character. There's a character. Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's Alexis's friend from her old life. Oh. Uh, and she has a friend named Albany, and uh, they just say, you know, we wanted something to do for spring break, and we just thought it would be so random if we just drove to small towns. And they were like, are you going to stay in this motel? <laughs> God, no. <laughs> we have trailers. Oh, yeah. But isn't it so random? Anyways, her friend was named Albany. Oh. So. Yeah, I, that's not what that's from. Well, I'm going to assume because your idea is stupid. Okay. So. Is it then? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to talk about the Beverly Hills Supper Club. Well, tell me about yeah. What is the Beverly Hills Supper Club? So it's just outside Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh. Across the river in Southgate, Kentucky. Um, near what would later become the interchange of Interstate 471. Oh, my God. Do you remember that? I mean. I don't know what you, that means. Have you heard? Okay. Have <laughs> you? Um, so the club booked entertainers from Las Vegas, Nashville, Hollywood, and New York City. Oh, my God. They get all the big names. The big shots. Oh, my God. Tell me about it. Uh, so the site had been a popular night spot with an illegal gambling house as early as 1926. Mm. Um, Ohio. Uh, Ohio. 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 Ohio native Dean Martin had been a blackjack dealer there. The Dean Martin? The Dean Martin. The Dean Martin. I feel bad for you. Why? Because your middle name is Martin. Oh. Well, I don't. It's almost as bad as Eugene. I understand your concern, but I do not have the same concerns. Eugene. Um... The club reopened under the then-current owners and uh, management in 1971 and was considered an elegant venue, attracted top-notch talent, and affluent clientele. Affluent. I feel like I'm making the exact same jokes that I made last time. I feel Which like I'm we're okay on par it. for it to, to complete all the exact same jokes. The same, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Some uh, of them were funny. Do you know how much it costs to go to the supper club? Uh, how much? I mean, I do. But. Give me a roundabout estimate. Uh, I'm just going to randomly guess like thirteen ninety five. That's exactly it. Oh, my God. Do you know how much thirteen ninety five would be in today's dollars? Uh, ooh. Mm, maybe about like $100. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't so do this crazy. anymore because I am so flabbergasted. I just like knew the future. Or you, something. Are you inside my head? Uh-huh. Get out. You hear that little voice? The one that's talking about Hot Pockets? Yeah. Hot Pockets! Let's see. Oh, throwback. Aww. Call back. Call back to season one. Hey, Savannah. Hey, Savannah. If you're still listening. If you, She has to catch up a lot. She's been busy with things, like buying a house. Mm. 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 Mm.
kind of did that and still had a podcast and yeah. listen to all the episodes. So mm-hmm. I don't know did you listen to all the episodes? I don't think you have. I have. I don't think you have. I have. I, I really don't think you have. Why? Well, this feels like the argument on uh, Bridesmaids where it's uh, Rose versus uh, Kristen Wiig's character. And they're just like, well, well you're some, a little cut. Some, uh, no. <laughs> some people change. Well, if you're changing, well, people then don't. you're growing. <laughs> well, um, I don't think so. Uh, well, I, I think so. Well, th- it is. No. It, well, mm, yeah. Hello. <laughs> this is like a tampon commercial. <laughs> Never mind. And you need to watch Bridesmaids again. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. Fuck, this lemonade's good. <laughs> Shit that's fresh. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't say, fuck, this lemonade's good. What's wrong with you? I think she says, fuck, this lemonade's good. I think that's what that she says. not what she says. Anyway, so additional uh, structures had been built onto the, the, the building between 1970 and 1976, creating a sprawling, maze-like uh, complex of function rooms, and service areas. Mm. The resulting complex was roughly square in shape, although it was not situated in a north-south direction. But it will become very apparent when I talk about it later, because they say that the north end of the building and the south end of the building. I mean, the street side of the building and then the back of the building. Mm-hmm. Um, so along the central portion of the southern wall, uh, to the east of the building entrance, was a small event room called the Zebra Room. Zebra. Mm-hmm. Zebras. So a narrow corridor to the east separated it from the Viennese room, mm-hmm. and then some s- service spaces. Uh, so basically, so, like the entrance of the building. That's mm-hmm, where these are. At. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, th- I didn't actually read this earlier, and this is kind of important. Oh. So through though the building, I mean, this is the first time that we're recording. This I read this. I wrote this. I wrote this. I didn't I? Didn't, I didn't read this. I wrote this. I've, yeah. So, though the building's frame and ceiling was classified as non-combustible, the Beverly Hills Supper Club was made a substantial use of wooden building materials, including floor joists, two-story portion complex, and framings of the interior hallways, decorated with highly flammable carpeting and wood paneling, wooden tables and supports. What you, what, what's happening? Why are you talking about this? This is Lifestyles of Rick and Famous. Oh. Tablecloth. Curtains and a variety of other small combustible materials. The building did not have a fire suppressor spring clearance system installed at the time, and it was not required in venues such as the Supper Club. Oh. So, well, I feel like back then this was all. Excuse me. Also, when uh, people used to be able to smoke in restaurants. Do you remember? Did you ever live in a place where smoking was allowed inside? Yeah. Uh, so we used to go to a restaurant all the time that used to have like. The smoking section and the non-smoking section. It was like a room, full ass room. And they were like, "This half is smoking, this half's not." How the fuck are you gonna stop the smoke from coming from this side over to that side? <laughs> when we moved to the states, so when we moved to the states, it was illegal to smoke in restaurants in the city of Houston. But we lived in Webster. Mm, yeah, it was legal in Webster. Yeah. So some restaurants they'd have a smoking section, some they wouldn't. Yeah, that was like shirts. Shirt. I. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if San Antonio didn't allow smoking inside. But uh, shirts didn't give a fuck. Mm. <laughs> they just had smoking section. So what they ended up finally doing is building an add-on and putting the smoking section in that room and making the main section of the restaurant non-smoking. Which I don't know why. Well, I why do you gotta smoke a, a cigarette while you're eating? Yeah, well, we're not smokers, so we have no idea. Yeah. But I had a friend that used to smoke while she ate, and she was like, "That's the best." Why you can't even taste when you're smoking? All you taste is nicotine. Well, also your fingers are dirty. Yeah, it's just not good. It's gross. 
and you're getting ash all over the place. You're just eating the ashes of the she also poisonous used to sticks. Eat really gross stuff. So she would go to Subway. Oh boy, don't get the the chicken breast. The chicken on Italian. You can just cheese. get chicken. Yeah, like a frozen. It's hot chicken breast. I don't know. And oh, the like cut pieces little of patties. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. She wouldn't get anything else on it except Chipotle ranch. So mayonnaise. just chicken bread and ranch. Yes. Oh, and cheese. I think. I think there was cheese on it too. And she didn't get toasted. She had very poor taste in food. So she put no veggies. Nothing. Oh. And nothing else. <laughs> nothing <laughs> else. Nothing else. And I was like, well, don't. So, yeah, that was a bane of my existence for a long time. Uh, also, it kept me up at night. We made pizza together. I was like, this will be a fun activity. Let's make pizza yeah. together. And so I, <gasps> I can add, add. Are people doing fireworks again? Yes. <laughs> are. Um, that's another thing I can add onto the homemade pasta maker. Pizza? Pa- you can make pizza, dough. I make pizza dough, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So we would or make... flatbread, at least. Because then you can put it through like the little thing. Ooh, goat cheese and pear. <gasps> Yum. You don't I don't like goat, like goat cheese. cheese. Stop talking. <laughs> this is, I feel this weird. Is the, remember that time at your house that I tried to... What? I tried to cut goat oh, cheese, yeah. <laughs> and your mom was like sitting there, just like, "Oh, honey." And then finally, no. she was like, "Oh, oh, oh, Chris, no, you don't, you don't, <laughs> you don't need to, to cut that. that." And I was like, "I'm so sorry." And I was just trying to impress her because this was my first time meeting her, but it did not go well. And she t- she still talks about it. She's still day. like that. Fucking She's like, idiot. he's a fucking moron. But, but see, those are the things that are gonna stick to me. She probably has will not remember at all, but. For me. No, she talks about that and then about how you always have two drinks. Always have two drinks. I've always Doesn't got two drinks. Doesn't care what they are. Water and Gatorade. Two drinks. <laughs> two drinks. Oh, Chris, you, you're you going to make yourself two drinks? Another well, one? Well, this is water and Gatorade. Two? Do you need two? Mm-hmm. Do you need? Why don't you like finish one first you, yeah. and then go to then the Then you can one? have a second one. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I had a story about <laughs> the pizza that I'm not going to venture any further on. Oh, I want to hear it, though. What did you make? <laughs> so I made a pizza, and then there was, like, this pizza oil that I had, and I was like, oh, it's fancy. fancy what pizza, pizza oil? oil? It was just, like, oil with herbs. Oh, okay. And so I was like, I'm going to drizzle it over top. She was like, could you could you not put that on my side of the pizza? And I was like, it's literally oil with and herbs. oregano. Yeah. The oregano That's is already there. Too many veggies. <laughs> too many veggies. Too many. I don't need that. <laughs> I wonder what she eats now. <laughs> I wonder where she is. She's a teacher. Now. What? What are we? What? Uh, what's the show? Where are they now? Or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I should do with that with a lot of high school people. Where are they now? Probably still in shirts. Probably with three or four, maybe five kids. I would with love all to different do that dads. show, but I don't care. I don't care either. I would like people to know where I'm at now because I feel like a lot of people are like. <laughs> They were like, uh, he's, he's gay. He's just going to stay in this town and well, probably get dragged behind a truck. Well, no. Yeah, that too. Uh, but then to see me out here like, yeah, I'm just super gay now. Living my best life. And you I'm hot now. Them. Uh, okay, no. well, I'm hotter than I was back then. I will say that. Mm-hmm. You didn't know me in high school. Yeah, but now you've got that gimp leg. I, I've had that gimp leg. The lazy <laughs> I've had that lazy eye. Oh, okay. But, uh, all right, okay. All right. <laughs> I don't have braces now, though. You had 
less hair, but in different places. In different places, yes. <laughs> I had a lot of hair up here, and then it moved all down to my body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm happy for you. <laughs> so on the <laughs> Saturday, May 28th, 1977, uh-huh. the Beverly Hills Supper Club was operating beyond capacity. Oh, my God. Largely due to the popular uh, evenings. That reminded the happiness in the glass jar. Beyond capacity. I should finish. Like no, that, right? no, no, no. Popularity of the evening's cabaret room show. Featuring popular Hollywood singer John Absolutely not. John Davidson. Absolutely not. John Davidson, who's related to Pete Davidson from SNL. Is he really? No. Oh. I would have believed you if you'd just been like, yeah. I don't even know who John Davidson is. Let me tell you about John Davidson for a little second. He's an American actor, singer, and game show host. What game show is he? That's incredible. Never heard of that one. Time Machine, never heard of that one. And Hollywood Squares. I never watched Also, the revival of the $100,000 Pyramid. What is there a picture? He's a singer? Yeah. Oh! 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 I don't know who that is. He's a man. <laughs> oh! He's a Plot man. Twist. Yeah. You thought I was a woman. I did. Isn't. I really thought I was like, "Ooh, maybe." You thought they were a woman. Yeah. But they aren't. They are not. They are a Male presenting. They have person. subscribed to the male gender. Yes. Uh, so, based upon the number of exits, the cabaret room could safely accommodate about 600 people. Uh, and according to the calculations of the fire marshal, on this night, it exceeded capacity where people were seated on ramps and in aisles. Ooh. According to later estimates based on the seating charts and memories of those present, the number of people in the cabaret room at 9 p.m. was between 900 and 1,300 people. Bitch. Regardless, oh, this is where I talked about that story. I don't care anymore. <laughs> of uh, an amount of people, the amount of people that were in that room <coughs> that couldn't figure out how to that in college. Oh yeah, uh, that was filler. It was yeah, it was filler. So yeah, there. Uh, <laughs> Not important. Um, there is no exact number given, uh, but definitely the room is well beyond its safety limit. Didn't sneeze. Hopefully. Okay. <laughs> um, so elsewhere in the club, patrons were eating gourmet meals. Mm. Later, the estimates... oh, when you spent thirteen ninety five, you get gourmet, gourmet meals. Lots uh, of uh, courses. Yeah, you're like, I want a gourmet meal. I paid for it. Give me my turkey medallions <laughs> and chopped spinach. My mom, whenever she was a kid, used to tell me stories about how she'd go and get like a bunch of shit for like a fucking quarter. Yeah. Which makes complete sense now when you just told me that thirteen ninety five was about a hundred dollars. Yes. So the okay, quarter is like my mom ten bucks. She'd go down to the the they were on an army base, so I guess it was called the commissary. commissary. Um and so she'd get uh licorice shoelaces for a penny and mm-hmm. she'd get a whole bag. Yeah. That was like my mom. Yeah. She'd say she'd go to the candy store with a quarter or maybe a nickel or something like that and get a whole bunch of shit. Uh movie theaters were like a nickel. You could go to the movie oh, theater. A dime for my mom. Yeah. <laughs> Cheap as fuck. The fuck? And now they're like, oh, millennials, you can't afford stuff? Why not? You're not too working. Too many avocados. You're not, yeah, too many avocados and all the coffee. It's like, I saw a tweet today that was like, um, the fact that you think that I could change how much money that I spend by not going out and buying a $5 coffee every day means that you overestimate how much money that I've already got. <laughs> because that means you make the assumption that I'm buying $5 coffee every day. I don't have that money. <laughs> That's I don't not drink money. Five dollar coffee. Yeah, I also don't either. <laughs> Do you even drink coffee? 
Not anymore. I haven't been. I realized that it was really fucking with my stomach. Which, my stomach is already always fucked up. <laughs> As case in point right now. Chris eats one piece of bread and then is just fucked for a year. Exactly. Um, I have an olive and then just shit all over the walls. <laughs> Crap. Um, <laughs> no, I stopped yes. drinking coffee because uh, I realized that I was hitting too much. Like, it was dehydrating the fuck out of me. Giving me way too much, like, jittery. Jitter? Jitters? There you go. Um, and then I'd have a hard crash around two or three that I would like not want to function after that at all. And so I like typically have to take a fucking nap because of coffee, which I love naps, but I found out that tea, especially green tea, it gives me just enough caffeine where I'm not jittery, but I am awake and I don't have a hard crash. I still have a little bit of a crash, but it's not, not like a, see, I need to full on just like sucker punch caffeine in the face. Yeah. And I've been doing it for a long time, so my body knows. Well, I mean, I had drank coffee for a very long time, since college, almost every single day, and it was the same thing every single day. So my body never got used to it. And that's what people also were like, like, basically, if I drank coffee after 2 p.m., I would stay up all night long. Like... When I used to drink Red Bull, I could literally take a nap right after. Well, that's what people would tell me. It's like, oh, yeah, I had my, like, coffee that I had at 9 p.m., like decaf like no you drank coffee at 9 p.m and then went right to bed afterwards how 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 i don't know hey caffeine really affects like fucks with me hey but like the worst was like the people would say well that's awesome that caffeine keeps you awake all night okay like during college but i was like no no no. it's not a productive awake. it's there you go it, it was, it's I, just an awake i'm still exhausted and don't want to do anything and i want to sleep i just can't <laughs> And my mind just like racing. So I'll have my eyes closed, like almost like I'm sleeping, but I'm just thinking. So it doesn't actually do anything. <laughs> yeah. Wild. Anyways. So, yeah, the cabaret room. Uh, no, I'm talking about the zebra room now. A wedding reception drew to clue, a clues around 8.30 p.m. near the building's main entrance. Some of the guests had complained of the room being excessively warm with loud explosions from beneath the floor. Ooh. Uh, the group left the building before the end of their allotted time. The room remained vacant from their departure until a minute before 9 p.m. when an employee smelled smoke and then opened the zebra room's doors and said, yes, there is definitely smoke. Oh, there's smoke. Paid that woman a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how she figured it out, but good work. She, this is the word, this is a case for the FBI. I would, I would love to know <laughs> if you smell smoke that they're with, that is it's there nearby. smoke? Where? Where How? is the smoke? How does out? someone know? <laughs> so, so she asked um, another employee to uh, call the fire department while she and the other uh, employees grabbed fire extinguishers and began to try to fight the flames. Um, the employees were not aware, but their opening of the zebra room's doors allowed enough oxygen into the room to cause what had been a smoldering fire into the room in the room's drop ceiling to flash over and spread rapidly. So, do you think if they had just like left it burnt, would it have burned itself out since it was? It- it I think was it might choking have. itself from oxygen. Mm-hmm. So you're calling it a smoldering fire, giving it a bunch of oxygen. It's like, <gasps> I'm a, well, I think. Also, I love when people call fire spicy air, which is completely true because it's literally just the air on fire. Yes. Because what's the fire is fueled by oxygen. Yes. So, <laughs> so I think what would have happened, what would have been an ideal situation, is somebody smelled smoke, touched the door handle, door handles hot, mm-hmm. fire in there, everybody out, everybody out, exactly. And then they figure it out. Yeah. 
the whole building would probably go to the ground anyway, but who gives a fuck? Exactly. So, or this smoldering fire could have stopped. Or, yeah, smell smoke. Close the door. Or maybe turn off the electricity. Go to the breaker. I don't think that would stop a fire that's already going. Oh, uh, well, if it's, a, if it's an electric fire, you're always supposed to turn off the breaker. Well, you are, yes. But that's to prevent the fire from, like, reigniting. Oh. The fire, if it's fire and there's, like, flames, flames. Flames. It's going to burn anyway. Yeah. You're just trying to prevent new fires. And if it's an oil fire, don't put water on it. Cover it. Cover it. Mm-hmm. Cover it. Anyways. I saw a meme of somebody put a crock pot on the stove. It was hilarious. <laughs> Why did they put a crock pot on the stove? The whole thing. Like Not the... just the clay pot. The whole thing. <laughs> it's crock That's pot. even worse. <laughs> I think it's about the same. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, by the fire, it began to spread rapidly, and it became clear that the fire extinguishers were going to not be enough. Mm-hmm. So the fire department was alerted and uh, of the fire at 9.01 p.m. and arrived at 9.05. Fast firefighters. That's fast firefighters. Um, as they approached, firefighters on the first emergency vehicles could already see smoke coming from the building. Wait, also, if they arrived at 9.05, and why didn't they tell everyone to get out? The fire is already rip-roaring. Yeah, because you... And they did tell people to get out. But the people are stupid. Stupid, yes. They're stupid. I spent $13 on this meal. I'm going to get my meal in a show. And it all happened pretty quickly. So, uh, as smoke began to escape the zebra room and drift down the hall towards other banquet rooms, patrons and employees nearest to the zebra room smelled it. The employees began to urge room occupants to leave the building. However... Being that it was a maze and there was no fire alarm, those in the more isolated rooms had no way to know that there was a fire in the building until an employee walked the length of the building and told them. Fire investigators later estimated that the fire, once it spread through the northern doors of the zebra room, only took two to five minutes to enter the cabaret room. As a result, news of the fire and the first smoke and flames reached the cabaret room, the furthest point from the zebra room, nearly simultaneously. Um, so then this busboy, Walter Bailey, went into the cabaret room and uh, talked to the producers. And he was like, yeah, you need to get everybody out of here. Tell them there's a fire. And they were like, no, <laughs> no, they paid money. All right. And so he was like, no, no, no. Fuck you guys. <laughs> so he went on stage and took the microphone from the performance and said, everybody out. Uh, I was talking. Well, look, who has a microphone now? <laughs> What's that? Parks and Rec. Stop. <laughs> um. And then, so, he's like, she drove me here. And then they asked if he could take them home. And he said, no, she drove me here. She drove me here! Anyways. So, yeah, about 300 people got up and left. And the other ones were like, I paid my $13.95. I'm going to stay and watch John Davidson. Yeah. Okay, Uh, but also, like, if something like that was happening, I'd just be like, well, I'm definitely demanding my money back. Just get out and ask for $13 back later. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. Well, now... Riddle me this. Oh, boy. So, I was talking to Thomas the other day. Uh, about, you don't talk to him every day? Uh, you know, we communicate telepathically. Uh, okay. But this day I was using words. Mm-hmm. So, wow. What a concept. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, people not having bank accounts? Yeah. I don't know. That was a thing. Yeah. Women couldn't have bank accounts until almost the 80s. They couldn't open bank accounts without the, the their permit. Their, yeah, their Permission of the their husbands. That's stupid. Yeah. 
that plus people just not having it. Yeah. And they're paying things in cash. Yeah. They just had it all in their house. I would never have cash. Uh, one of my friends, uh, or I guess old friends, I don't talk to her anymore. Um, She's a bitch. Yeah. Um, but her dad used to pay everything in cash. They didn't have like much money in their bank accounts. He, I think he had everything like pretty much in his retirement account, but otherwise he had like his cash That's on him all the time. Stupid. So he like never paid with a credit card. He always paid with cash. So like whenever we go like for her birthday, we went out to a nice restaurant and it was obviously hundreds of dollars. It was four of us, it was him, uh, her mom, her and me. And it was a very nice restaurant and he just paid it all in cash. See, and I know that, I mean, you can pay for anything with mm-hmm. paper money. But to me, it's like, you you can't pay for anything. You can't do that. <laughs> I don't know why. I I just feel like it's so much more dangerous to have cash. Like, well, in that, my, my, mind, like, my mind. You're a drug dealer. Yeah. There maybe. is only one occupation that only deals in cash, yeah. and it's drug dealer. And drag queens. And drag queens. You know what and I found in my workers. bag the other day? Money. A lot of money. I realized that whenever I thought my house was going to get burned down, that I took all my money that because I whenever I do drag, I just put all my drag money earnings away. So I'd be like, oh, that's going to be my next outfit. Um, and it was a hundred dollars that I just like pulled out of my bag that I took to to your wedding. And like it was whenever all I came, in once. Whenever I came home, I was like unloading my bag. I was like looking for um, something. I don't remember what I was looking for. And like I was like, there's something in here. So I opened like this like side pocket and pick it up. And it was I think there was like one twenty, one five, and then all the rest. Oh, then one two. Someone gave me a two dollar bill. <gasps> and then uh, remember when they thought that, that was those used to be like super rare. So I collected a bunch of them, and now they're like everywhere. <laughs> I have one. I have a whole bunch from of them. the forties. Oh. Uh, but then uh, all the rest of them are once. So it, it was a big... And they were still wet somehow. Yeah. Well, Mostly gross. my sweat. I But I, I was... What's the other fluid? That was... Pee. Pee. <laughs> uh, <laughs> smegma. Ew. <laughs> um, would you like to take pause a, it? a break? Yes. Do you know where you're at? <laughs> Just to pause it? Sure. <laughs> Pony. Yes. The micro pohone. <laughs> uh, the micro pohone. Uh... <laughs> That is used for singing or the talking for warming milk. Mm. Uh, so I warmed the milk with the microwave. Yes. <laughs> so he he got three hundred people out. Oh, you're you're recording now. I bean. Oh, okay. I hey, bean. <laughs> I bean. We're back. <laughs> um, and so then at like nine ten nine ten p.m. Power failed in the building. Mm. Um, and the cab the cabaret room is in the center of the building mm-hmm. so there's no windows mm-hmm. no windows so, so it's quite dark so it's there's a fire and it's pitch black there, there's a fire where you smell you smell burnt toast no oh. i think you're at a restaurant that's fine just add it to the list you've got a little bit of foam <laughs> on the side of your mouth <laughs> that's rabies <laughs> mm, mm, so mm. I've got the herpes, the rabies, the uh, stroke, um, syphilis, syphilis pan, pancreatitis. You don't have a pancreas. Is doing something right now, and I can't figure out what. So everything's just kind of blending together at this point. So you might call what are it. What going to do about that? You're call, it might be called. You might call it a chronic condition. Do you have multiple sclerosis? Ooh, add that to the list. <laughs> I'll take one. <laughs> I'll take one, please. Put it on my top. <laughs> um, so nobody's moving calmly anymore. Everybody's shoving. They're angry. Uh, there's only three exits in the room. 
and two of them are blocked by fire. Two of them are. Two of them are. You gotta make sound effect. Two of them are like, yeah. Like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that. That was. A That's good a good one, one right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so when? If, no, not important. <laughs> Me and my little brother, when we used to play with toys, I used to make the best sound effects. So I like to make really good sound effects with my mouth. <laughs> I make good sounds with my mouth. <laughs> you take say. that off the list. Uh, I'd like to take my answer off the air. <laughs> I'd like to uh, remove you from the air. <laughs> okay. Am I being fired from I'm the just podcast beep again? All of your. <laughs> it's like anytime it's like you make a joke and you're like beep when I'm responding beep 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 beep. Oh, <laughs> it's exactly. like you. Yeah. Or you say something and you beep everything except for my laughter. So. I'm just gonna put silence in those spaces and then voice over and respond to myself. That doesn't sound unlike you. Uh, what? What? So yes, um, there ain't no doors, and the people are not able to get through the doors because there are no doors. They ain't got no doors, darling. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. How did I get lost here? <laughs> and where am I? Who? Did, how did I get here? Yeah, okay. So all the crowds going through the one exit, and they are just piled up, honey. They are running over top of each other. So employees outside of the exit are trying to pull people out, and uh, it's not working no. very well. They're they're crushed so tightly that they're, there's, I mean, they're stuck. <laughs> yeah. Um. And you can't tell us people in the back, back up. Nobody's going to back up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so many who escaped the crush blocking the northeast fire exit became lost trying to find other exits. The building's confusing maze-like design. Uh, the doors opened into the bar area, and then the guests funneled into a dead end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so firefighters alerted that the majority of the building's occupants were in the cabaret room, focused their efforts there, but even the combined efforts of every fire department in the county were simply not enough and too late. Oof. Temperatures in the cabaret room soared into the thousands of degrees, and even firefighters, weary and dehydrated, were soon unable to safely attempt any further rescues. This is a quote. When I got, in, when I got to the inside doors, which is about 30 feet inside the building, I saw these big double doors, and people were stacked like cordwood. They were clear up to the top. They just kept diving out on each other, trying to get out. I looked over back over the pile of, it wasn't dead people. There were dead and alive in that pile. And I went in and I just started to grab them two at a time and pull them off the stack and drag them out. Bruce Rath, Fort Thomas, volunteer fire department. When you're saying stack, I'm just like imagining like horizontal stacks. That's what I'm thinking. Oh. See, I, like at first I was imagining vertical stacks of people who are just like all pushing each other but now people are flat and maybe still doing the same thing well i imagine there's people that have been knocked down yeah and are stuck there because people just stepping over them and you can't walk over two people yeah high you could well i mean you could you're gonna keep trying somebody's pushing you yeah you're gonna fall yeah and so i I imagine it's just people just laying on top of each other yeah um, at 11.30 p.m., the fire command, suspecting the building's roof would soon collapse, ordered all the firefighters to evacuate the building. Uh, at approximately midnight, the roof did indeed implode. 
um, and the magnitude of the blaze was such that firefighters did not have the flames under control until around 2 o'clock that morning. Dang, it burned for five hours. Yeah. Parts of the building continued to burn until May 30th, Mm. two days later. By the early morning of May 29th, 134 bodies had been removed from the building and laid out initially on the hillside surrounding the building and then into a makeshift morgue inside the nearby Fort Thomas Armory. By the end of June 1st, 28 more bodies had been discovered, bringing the death toll up to 162. All but two of the dead were found in and around the cabaret room. Cabaret. Cabaret. With a very french yeah uh, cabaret cabaret with 125 clustered near the room's north exit and another 34 at the room's south exit two bodies oh, we were all mo- like a south exit <laughs> i don't no. use doors that I, face south i don't know her actually my front door faces south well <laughs> yes yes <laughs> 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 two bodies were removed from the Viennese room um, and a small number of fire victims died after being rescued from the scene one on June 25th one on July 2nd and the last one on March 1st 1978 nearly a year after the fire and so the the confirmed verified deaths of this fire is 165 it's wild confirmed this is the third deadliest fire deadliest building fire but also this is now the late 70s so are you saying that they didn't know who was maybe missing after this fire and didn't work like they maybe they died in the fire yeah (laughs) well i mean thousands of degrees i'm not gonna ask google the question but i imagine some bodies could have been just yeah but at the same time no one was like Somebody, where's this where's person? My aunt? Yeah, where's so and so? Where'd my dad go? Why didn't they come home from war? <laughs> hey, this is not the war everyone right was doing cocaine. Nobody cared. That's true. Valid point. And so, there was a lot of things that went wrong. They were definitely overcrowded. There were no fire exits or audible fire alarms. Uh, they had no firewalls to protect from you know keep a room burning by itself mm-hmm. for a while. Um, that's it oh yeah okay keep going (laughs) yeah that's wild Mm -hmm. um wild and out i don't know i did i'm just i don't know i'm just still stuck on the idea like that i researched a topic that (laughs) that you did last week yes i'm still stuck on that um and i probably will be for a while uh but also more confused by like (laughs) i like that it's just like confirmed verified it's like, how do you not know that though if there was more people? Like, not saying bodies, but like, where are there missing people? I don't know. I mean, I don't know how a thousand people got out of that room. Three thousand people. Well, the thousand people got out of that room itself, but also three thousand people in that entire fucking building that literally was up in flames in a matter of fifteen minutes. Like, those people are not going there, going anywhere out of that place fast. Nope. Especially with no what seems like fire exits anywhere <laughs> and nobody was uh i mean it wasn't okay to be out then so we don't have fast gay walkers no exactly so these are all slow uh straight people or, or gays that are people. closeted that can't express themselves in their true walk so they manner. have to walk leisurely yeah yeah can you imagine i cannot there was one time whenever i was in college i walked from west campus uh to another building in, at a&m this was a, probably about close to two miles away from each other 
uh, in 17 minutes. Walk? A slight jog. Mostly walk. I would say um, pranced. Yeah, I walked gaily. And there were sometimes that, like, I'd see friends along the way and they'd be like, hey, and I'd be like, hey, and just, like, leave. Because we would get in trouble for being late. Like, the next class, I'd get in trouble for being late to the class. And, like, if you were five minutes late, you weren't allowed into the class. That makes no sense it, it, for college. Exactly. My dad I paid for this. My fucker. dad claims that the one time when he was in college, he got woken up by a professor who was pissed. And he was like, I'm paying you to sleep in your class. So, like. Shut up. Shut up. Like, Yeah. So uh, and that made me always and I was a good kid of course so I or good college you were student. awful child uh, yeah um, so like I mean I didn't really like do anything to shake the norms or anything like that but if a teacher did say something like that to me I probably would have said the same thing back to them I was like uh, no I'm sorry I'm gonna stay here because I'm paying you for this class so I can do whatever fuck I want to in this class I mean I'm not gonna like stand up and disturb you while you're doing your job but you do your job i'll do mine which is supposed to sit here and listen to you whether or not i choose to actually sit here and listen to you that's on me not on you so do whatever <laughs> especially the ones that were always like uh if i catch you with your cell phone you're gonna be asked to leave it's like no you're not Hello. you're not gonna tell me to leave <laughs> i have my own life going on so what happens if i'm waiting for a important call from my doctor you know someone family's in the hospital that's what or i wanted to create an elaborate ruse yeah <laughs> you can't be on your phone in here I'm, I'm monitoring my blood sugar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This phone has an app that I can uh, turn off. My, my heart, heart, my <laughs> pacer. My defibrillator. <laughs> no, my, my pacer. My heart pacer. <laughs> and I can push the button right now if you keep yelling at me. And it'll be I'll on do it. you. I'll do it. <laughs> Doris. This will be, blood as will be on your hands. I can make it explode right here, right now. You ready? You ready? <laughs> and then she calls the office. There's a bomb threat. Then she just like runs out of the building. Just, ah! <laughs> I love that. Okay. Well, speaking of medical stuff. <laughs> oh, we're not talking about medical stuff anymore. It's January. You I fucker. know. I'm sorry. But since I did forego my last medical serial killer for the technical final episode of December, um, for some reason – that I just wanted to scare Spencer. That's the only reason I did a tsunami instead of doing medical serial killer. But that was pretty fun. Um, I decided to wrap up by doing another final episode now. Uh, since it is our podcast and no one else. Only mine. Only ours. Mine. Okay. So, as I was researching today, uh, I did stumble upon a little bit of criminology that I found interesting. So I wanted to take a moment to educate the children's darling. Um, did you know that there's a real, uh, there is a real criminology term coined the angel of death or the angel of mercy? Yes. Oh, I did not know that. I, mean, I just thought that, that was just like their titles. Like that people just give, I don't, a bow? Ooh, that's hot. I am talking. Um, I'm trying to fix this typo, too. It's not working. Angel of mercy. Okay. Um, so they are a t uh, an angel of death or angel of mercy is a type of criminal or uh, a criminal offender, often a type of serial killer, uh, who is usually employed as a caregiver and intentionally harms or kills people under their care. The angel of mercy is often in a position of power 
and may decide the uh, may decide the victim would be better off if they no longer suffered from whatever severe illness is plaguing them. This person then uses their knowledge to kill the victim. In some cases, as time goes on, this behavior escalates to encompass the healthy and the easily treated. Motivations for this type of criminal is variable, but generally falls into one or more types or patterns. You've got the mercy killer, who believes that the victims are suffering or beyond help, through mm-hmm. though they, this belief may be delusional. So someone broke their leg and is like, you can't do anything for you them. You can never survive the, this. You can't get through this guy, kill them. Um, you have the sadistic killer, who uses their position as a way of exerting power and control over helpless victims. And then you have the malignant hero. Uh, they have a pattern wherein the subject uh, endangers the victim's life in some way and, and then, then proceeds to save them, quote unquote. They feign some attempting of resuscitation all the while while possibly knowing that their victim is already dead and be or and or beyond help. Uh, but hope to be seen as selflessly making an effort. Like well, there are oh, some that actually like make them on the brink of death and then bring them fully back to life. Well, yeah, we talked about back to help. yeah, we talked about Janine Jones who in San Antonio was killing uh, babies because she was like, we need a NICU in in San Antonio, and they were like, no, we don't. And so she was like, oh yeah, we do. And so then she she'd inject them with blood thinners and give the babies heart attacks, and she was resuscitating some of them, but most of the time they were also dying. Uh, so it's like, look, all these babies are mysteriously dying. We need to do something about it. Get a NICU. What does NICU stand for? Uh, Neo-infant uh, care, care unit. unit. Yeah. It's supposed to be for little babies or uh, preemies. Like tiny little babies? Yeah. Babies who are sick. Like tiny little ones. Yeah. Like handheld babies. Yeah. Like oh, like preemies and babies that are sick. Like know, little I'm babies. I'm just trying to say little babies. Little babies. Like, like Mammity. Little baby. Like tiny little baby little Little baby, Mammy's a nine-year-old dog. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you dare tell me things that I know. Don't talk about my (laughs) Mammy. Don't you talk about my (laughs) Mammy. Stupid. (laughs) Like my little. I just want to keep talking about little babies, like Mammy's. Exactly. Nine-year-old dog. (laughs) Because he's a baby. <laughs> Anyways, I was came out of the bathroom the other day, and I was talking. Bailey was outside the door, and so I just Savannah was sitting on the couch, and uh, I was just like, "Oh my god, look at little Bailey!" And she's like wagging her tail a whole bunch, I'm like my little tiny baby. She's just so tiny, and just so small, and just tiny. I was like, "Can you fit you in my little hand?" And Savannah's like slowly turning her head over the couch and just like looking at me, and I'm just like holding Bailey, and she's sitting there wagging, like giving me kisses and all this stuff, and she's like, "What?" And I'm like, look how tiny she is. She's a baby. And she's like, she's like three times the size of Daisy. <laughs> I told the girls of all of Namity's name. And I said that he's the baby. Uh-huh. Um, and they were like, uh, I told them that he has silly feet. And they were like, oh, Mamity, yeah, he has silly feet. <laughs> so they're going to go around telling everyone that he has silly feet. And everyone's going to be like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> he's so silly. <laughs> They're so silly. <laughs> They're ridiculously silly. What? What about that makes them silly? That they're like little floofs. <laughs> they're just so fuzzy. They're floofs and they have toes. <laughs> they're little beans. Mm-hmm. Well, see, he has silly feet, but he also has silly hands. Oh, yeah. 
the, the, the front the follow, fronts. the hand falls. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, well, anyway. You want to talk about it some more? No. Oh, all right. We can do that. I don't need to talk about more beans. Um, where is it? Oh, yeah, okay. So some people with a pathological interest in power of life and death can be attracted to medical or related professions. Uh, killers who occupy occupy the role of a professional career are sometimes referred to as the angels of death or angels of mercy. In this role, they may kill their patients for money, for a sense of sadistic pleasure, for a belief that they're easing the patient's pain, or simply because they can. This is a uh, uh, testament to you're never safe anywhere. You're not ever. <laughs> never. Ne- not you're anywhere. Never safe. <laughs> In some cases, the killer claims that the motive is euthanasia when it is not. Uh, The difference is that a serial killer lacks a sense of compassion towards the patient, which is expected in situations of euthanasia. Why are we talking about youth in Asia? I'm just talking about the youths in Asia. We just really like, you know. Need to lift them up. We need to like raise. You raise me up. Do you remember when you were on Asia and Risk yesterday? When every you. and when everyone is like, you know what? Let's just all attack Chris and get him out. What did I do? I didn't do you anything in, to a single person. You were in Asia. I was just in Asia. You were in Asia, and in risk, that is the battleground. And I did, and nowhere else. And I didn't mean to put myself there. I didn't want to be there. Well, I don't know who gave Ben Aus- Australia. You did. No, I didn't, because I was trying to get South America, because I oh. always get South America. I always get South America. That's what you sound like. I, that sounds very nice. <laughs> I would I would pay I for somebody like that for- to sing to me. <laughs> I appreciate the compliment. I would probably give them a record deal. So, you, me? You're going to give me a record deal? No, me. Okay. Anyways... So, most murders committed by nurses are performed by lethal injection. Uh, a typical medical professional who kills uh, kills between two patients each uh, kills around two patients each month. That's just from studies. So, a 2011 study uh, characterizing 70 female serial killers found that 30 percent of them were nurses. Isn't that wild? Mm. Anyways, hey, that girl that bullied you in high school. Who's a nurse now? Yeah, there's a reason. Yeah, she's wanted to kill now people. she's just killing people. And, and it makes me wonder now, like, how many medical serial killers are out there? And that like, we have no idea. They're like, oh man, I just made like an accident. And like, sometimes it doesn't even have to be like a, um, like an obvious thing. I mean, like Christopher Dunch made it quite obvious, but I mean, he was doing that back in what 2014. Whenever, like, we just researched that one mm-hmm. while we researched it last year, but. Season one. <laughs> oh yes, last year. Actually, I think that was two. Technically, two Shit, years ago I now. I should have done that joke yesterday. Oh my god, I haven't seen you since last year. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Anyways, um, yeah. So it makes me wonder, like, even doing like a routine procedure, like taking my gallbladder out, if they had just like made one little like incision in the wrong Let's place, like leave a sponge in there, leave a sponge or in like. Make an incision in like one of my intestines, or uh, make an incision um, on my pancreas. You know anything like that? That these things are very serious things that could cause major health complication. It could have been deemed an accident, and he probably would have gotten written up for it. But like, he ain't going to jail for killing me. <laughs> so, 
Sis. Sis, period, sis. So now I'm going to talk about my actual topic. We're going to talk about Richard Angelo. Richard Angelo was born on August 29th in 1962 to parents, excuse me, who were both working in the educational sector. He graduated from high school in 1980 and then entered a two-year nursing program in New York where he was a well-regarded honors student. I don't give a fuck. Um, Angelo first came into the attention of the public in October of 1987 when he was suspected of poisoning a patient at the Good Samaritan Hospital on Long Island, where he was worked, I'm sorry, where he worked as a nurse. He was accused of injecting a patient named Ger, oh, Ger, oh, Geralamo Kuchish, Kuchish, with a drug into his IV. That's, that's a sex term. Kuch. Kuchish? Oh, this is a family podcast. Stop saying that. Is it a family podcast? Mm-hmm. Kuchish did not Ooh. feel well after the injection, so he paged another nurse to help him. Later, it was found that he had pavulon in his urine, which Ooh. he had not been prescribed. Pa- pavulon. Pavulon. Pavulon is a type of muscle relaxer, which is used in euthanasia, and some states use it as a second of three drugs for lethal injection. Oh! So... Not a great drug to have in your system. I wouldn't want it. Yeah. Uh, He was then arrested for the assault of the 73-year-old patient uh, because he was the only person to match the description that was given to police. A heavyset man with a dark beard and glasses. Uh, Following his arrest, he uh, confessed to having poisoned other patients with pavulon and enectine, which is a short-term paralysis as part of anesthesia. So it paralyzes you before you get anesthesia. Or it's a part of anesthesia Mm. that you know makes you not move um as a result many as many of 30 recently deceased patients were exhumed and examined for traces of these powerful paralyzing agents it was later concluded goodness my nose keeps running it was later concluded that yeah probably just added to the list um it was later concluded that he had poisoned at least 35 people at the hospital while working there for seven months uh, the poisoning resulted in 10 deaths. He claimed that his motive was to portray himself as a hero. Uh, after poisoning his victims, he would wait until they went into cardiac arrest and then come by and save them in front of his colleagues. So he was like, look at me. Gorgeous. I'm the here hero. trying to resuscitate them, but I know they are dying. dying. There's no escape from death. They just go into jazz hands and start singing. Mm-hmm. All the audience. <laughs> uh, why not? Uh, so he was held in a Suffolk County jail for more than a year awaiting trial. He declined to pay his $50,000 bail, fearing for his safety given the high-profile nature of his case. So he was like, I'd rather be in jail than be out in the public because someone's going to hurt Murder me. me. Yeah. Um, so well, Maybe you should have thought about that before, before you, you killing me. Before you started injecting a bunch of people with... Uh, Drugs that shouldn't be in their bodies. Uh, So, in December of 1989, Angelo was found guilty on two counts of murder, one count of a manslaughter, and one count count, Count. count of criminally negligent homicide. He was also convicted of assault in connection with the deaths of four other patients, and he was suspected of being responsible for several other deaths. On January 25th of 1990, he was sentenced to 50 years to life in prison. How old was he? He was 27 years old. That was my next line. He was 27. So if he only serves 50, he will get out tomorrow in 2040. Oh. <laughs> but he'll be 50 tomorrow. He'll be 77 by that point. 
but also he might get out sooner if you know good behavior and all that shit so <laughs> you didn't murder anyone for two years so we're gonna knock about 30 years off yeah. your sentence i don't know uh so he's serving his sentence in the great meadow correctional facility so then ooh, then we move oh, on to oh, <laughs> oh it's so beautiful that was us on fourth of july yeah. and your parents did not get it <laughs> <laughs> I love being stupid. And I think your mom was just like, what the fuck is happening? What are these little gay boys doing? And then my brother's like, oh, I get it. Your brother wasn't there. No. Oh. Never. What? You told me that he was like, oh, I get it. That's why you, he, his humor is like that. Oh, yeah. Because you're both stupid. <laughs> you're both stupid as fuck. Exactly. So now I'm going to talk about my second topic because I'm selfish and I like to talk. So I'm going to talk about Beverly Allett. Allet? Not Beverly Allen of mm. the Allet Allets of West Virginia. No, she's from England. Of Western Suffolk County, England, <laughs> Yorkshire pudding. So Beverly Allet was born. No, I'm not going to even try. Was born on. I love how you just said, I'm not even going to try. And you did a little bit and it was nothing. It, what, there was something there. There was nothing there. was a little there. bit of something. So she was born. Born? Born? On uh, October. October 4th of 1968 and grew up in the village of Corby Glynn near the town of Grantham. Ah, uh, Grantham? Yeah. That's in um, the Downton Abbey. That's in England. They have the, that's the last name, the Grantham. Oh. I don't care. So then she, she had two sisters and a brother. Uh, her father, Richard, uh, worked in a liquor store. You think he went by Dick? Probably. I hope so. And her mother was a school cleaner. Uh, Alet attended a school. <laughs> and it's like five names, and I don't feel like reading all of them. Uh, well, it's English, so it's uh, you gotta have all the titles. Derby Yorkshire pudding, exactly. And then she failed a test to enter another girls' school. Uh, she would often volunteer for babysitting jobs and left school at the age of sixteen, taking a course in nursing at the Grantham College. Grantham. Grantham College. Uh, so then we just jump right into the victims. Oh, because why not? Uh, we talk about Liam Taylor, who was seven weeks old, uh, who was admitted to the ward for chest for a chest infection and was murdered on February 22nd of 1991. We talk about Timothy Hardwick, who was 11 years old. Uh, he was a boy with cerebral palsy who was admitted to the ward after having an epileptic seizure. He was murdered on March 5th of 1991. We talk about Becky Phillips, who was two months old, admitted to the ward for gastroenteritis on April 1st of 1991. She was administered an insulin overdose by Allet and died at home two days later. Her death was originally believed to have been a cot death. So, like a sudden infant death. A cot? Cot, yes. Hmm. The cot death is sudden infant death. Okay. He, a cot is a bed. Yes. I just never heard it called that. Oh, well, maybe it's just a British term. Um, so when you don't – so people take insulin when they have diabetes because their bodies produce insulin. So when their blood sugar is high, they have to take insulin to make their blood sugar go away. However, if you have a functioning pancreas that is producing insulin – So not you. Not me. Um, my pancreas has been producing insulin somehow. You don't have one. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's removed. Um, so – your, your body produces insulin naturally. 
<clears throat> and it, it monitors its own blood sugar all the time. So if you give it insulin, it will eat all of your blood sugar and you will go into shock and die. <laughs> That's what giving it. So if you get stuck with insulin, when you don't need insulin, you will die. <laughs> Unless you get given immediate sugar into your body to combat that, but it's not possible. Oh. You will pretty much die. Should I eat an almond joy? Ooh. Break me off a Kit Kat bar. I Piece love of that. that. <laughs> there you go. Almond joy. The old lady candy. The, uh, I actually love almond joys. What are you talking about? Joy. I like almond joys. It's for old ladies, though. I don't give a shit. I'm an like old woman. Murder's originals. Well, no, I, I do like a... A hundred grand bar. I love a hundred grand. I love the one. I love not popular. I like payday, bars. like the peanut one. Peanut I'm not and caramel. About payday, but I love a hundred grand. Mm-hmm. What you call it? Uh, what are they called? Sugar daddies or something like that? No. Yes. Oh, those are like caramel. Like they're like they're just basically caramel. Milk duds. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like milk duds. I like milk duds better than caramel and sugar babies. Is it sugar babies or sugar daddies? Sugar daddies. I don't know what they're called. Red hot. <laughs> No, absolutely not. You know what's disgusting? Red Hots. Good and plenty. I don't know what those are. It's licorice candy. Oh, my God. Do you remember those one, Those candies that were wrapped as little strawberries that were always in, like, ashtrays? I actually don't hate them. I love those. Except I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty sure that, like, as my grandfather got older and started to lose what he's had. Um, he thought they were real strawberries. No. He started putting cough drops with them. Because I think he thought they were candies, I, just like I think. I think he thought they were candy. Candy. You know those sweet little candies that end up talk, tasting like a. They're for your throat to make it not menthol, so but yeah. they taste like a peppermint that's a little bit too hot. Too hot. It just burns your throat, makes it roll soft. Real numb. Numb. Here you go. Real like not feeling. Numb. You don't feel nothing back there. Anyway, like. I do not sound like that. I do not sound like that. You literally <laughs> just sounded like that. I don't. Anyways, um, yeah, overdose, uh, caught death. Okay, we talk about that. So then we talk about Claire Peck, who is 15 months old. She was administered to the ward following an asthma attack on April 22nd. You asthma? Asthma. You got asthma? You got the asthma? Uh, she, yeah, she had an asthma attack on uh, April 22nd of 1991. Uh, after being put on a ventilator, she was left alone Ooh. in Alex's care for a short interval during which the time she went into cardiac arrest. So Alex was in there for a very brief period, like, hey, watch this girl while we go get her doctor. And then she went into cardiac arrest. Why am I laughing? It's not funny. <laughs> Stop! You're a terrible person. I am a terrible person. Uh, she was resuscitated, but died after a, f- a second episode of cardiac arrest, again following a period when she was left alone with Alet. I feel like by this point they should be like, hey, what's going on here? Something's uh, fishy here. This is getting weird. And it's not Alexis Michelle. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, so then we've got Kaylee Desmond, who was less than one year old. Say you're five. Uh, she was admitted to the ward for a chest infection. Alan attempted to murder her on March 8th of 1991, but the child was resuscitated and transferred to another hospital where she recovered. Surprise, you're not by this woman and you're fine. Um, say you're fine. Say you're fine. Uh, Paul Crampton, who was then five months old, attempted to, was, I'm sorry, was admitted to the ward for a chest infection on March 20th of 19... How old was he, nine? Uh, he's five months old. Five months. 
There was only one who was older than one. Well, 11. there's a couple of them. Yeah, there was the one who was 11. But all the rest of them were less than two. You mean the tiny little babies like the Mamity? Like the tiny little Mamity baby who's nine years old? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just going to change years to months for him, so he'll be nine He's nine months, months <laughs> Um, Yeah, admitted to the ward for a chest infection on March 20th of 1991. Uh, Allett attempted to murder him with an insulin overdose on three occasions the day before he was transferred to another hospital where he just got better. They were like, hmm. Well, this is strange. Very weird. So then we have... Everybody who takes their kids there, like, they just received poor care at this hospital. Well, there's one coming up in just a second. That really makes me mad and sad. Uh, then we have Bradley Gibson, who was five years old. I'm sorry, there was a five-year-old here. Uh, was admitted to the ward for pneumonia. He suffered two cardiac arrests on March 21st, uh, 1991, due to Allen administering insulin overdoses before he was transferred to another hospital where he recovered as well. We have Michael Davidson, who was six years old, admitted to the ward for post-operative care following an operation to remove an air rifle pellet that he had been uh, injured with in an accident. After being injected with insulin multiple times through a uh, cannula, uh, I assume an IV, uh, on his hand, he suffered from cyanosis and fell unconscious before being stabilized by other doctors on the ward. He later made a full recovery. And we have Yik Hung Chen, uh, also known as Henry, was uh, two years old at the time, admitted to the ward following a fall on 19, uh, March 21st of 1991. He suffered an oxygen desaturation attack before he was transferred to another hospital where he recovered. So then we have Katie Phillips, who is two months old, who was Becky Phillips' twin. Becky Phillips was a previous victim. So the parents... So they brought her because it was a precaution because they were like, well, her other sister just died from gastroenteritis. Do you think that she has a problem too? Let's bring her to the same ward. Uh, she had to be resuscitated twice after unexplained hypnotic uh, ap- ep- episodes, uh, which were later found to be caused by insulin and uh, potassium overdoses. Following the second time that she stopped breathing, she was transferred to another hospital, but by this time had suffered permanent brain damage, partial paralysis, and partial blindness due to oxygen, oxygen deprivation. Her parents had been so grateful for Alex's care of Becky that they had asked her to be Katie's godmother. Ew. This nurse Who's who was killing the kid, it killed their first daughter. They were like, you should be our other kid's godmother mother now and then she tried to kill her too (laughs) what the fuck bitch oh my god so in uh 1999 katie was awarded uh 2.125 uh million pounds by the lincolnshire health authority to pay for treatment and equipment for the rest of her life because she's bedridden she's part i mean partially paralyzed, permanent brain damage, and partial blindness. So she, she got fucked over with this. Hmm. Um, so she got a lot of money in 1999 for her treatment. So the Lincolnshire Health Authority did not accept liability, but did acknowledge that Katie was entitled to compensation. They were like, this wasn't our fault, but you do get some money from us because you need it. Um, so then Allett had attacked 13 children, four fatally, over a 59-day period before she was brought up on charges for her crimes. So she's killing – she's killed four – four children have died and three – or 13 had lots of – well, 
minus four, nine had severe attacks. Um, one of them's paralyzed. So you wouldn't like look into this in two months, less than two months. You wouldn't be like, something's going on here. That's fucking crazy to me. That the, and this is l- the late nineties. This is nineteen ninety nine. What? <laughs> I don't know. That just pisses me off. Well, I mean, she's using something that's generally untraceable. Yeah. Everybody has insulin in their body. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so then, after the death of Peck on uh, Claire Peck on the 20, April 22nd, um, ooh, uh, medical staff became suspicious of the number of cardiac arrests, uh, arrests on the children's ward, and police were called in. So it, they were like, sus. They were sus in April, but this went on through March. Yeah. Yeah. So they started to investigate her, but they... But they weren't sus enough. Exactly. So, But she was still hurting children for another month after that. What days did the first four die? February 22nd, March 5th, April 1st, and April 22nd. So can you imagine being Becky and uh, Kate? Well, who is it? Katie? I would never be Becky. Katie Phillips. Um parents because this happened on oh they didn't say when um katie's happened oh this is 1991 not 1999 um sorry it could have been me yeah well i mean this happened in february and march you were born in august oh good and also you were born in canada it's it's very similar (laughs) okay um Yes. So it was found that Alec was the only nurse on duty for all the attacks of these children and that she also had access to the drugs that were used or any drugs. Uh, Four of Alec's victims had died. As I said, Uh, she was charged with four counts of murder, 11 counts of attempted murder and 11 counts of causing uh, grievous bodily harm. Allie entered pleas of not guilty to all of her charges. Uh, She was like, no, I didn't do this. Yeah. Okay, girl. On May 28th of 1993, she was found guilty on each charge and sentenced to 13 concurrent terms of life imprisonment, which she is serving at the Rampton Secure Hospital in Nottinghamshire. Uh, in the there was a documentary in uh, 2018 from Trevor McDonald and the nurse called Trevor McDonald and the Killer Nurse. Uh, Alec reportedly told close friends before her trial that she would never go to prison. <laughs> She's like, I'm not gonna go to prison. I think she thought that she was not going to get convicted of this. Um, So after one week in prison, she refused to eat or drink and was moved to the Rampton Secure Hospital. Uh, Two leading experts, forensic uh, psychologist Jeremy Coyd and criminologist Elizabeth Yardley, examined Alet's mental state when she was arrested and concluded that she was not mentally ill and that she should be in prison, not hospital. So no bitch. You're healthy enough to be in prison. So go, go star. So go, yeah. So go sit in prison. Uh, so Alec reportedly admitted to all 13 of her crimes in a failed application to remain at Rampton Secure Hospital and then permanently, uh, and permanently avoid prison. So I guess while she was there, she's like, "I killed them all. I killed them all." To try and like act crazy, but it didn't work. Instead, they were like, "Well, you just confessed all this shit." Um, so none of the families of Alec's victims had been told of her full confession confession in the failed application. So, 
on December 6th of 2007, Mr. Justice Stanley Burnton, uh, sitting in the High Court of Justice, London, uh, confirmed that Allett must serve the original minimum sentence of 30 years. Uh, it was reported that some of the families of Allett's victims had previously mistaken, mistakenly believed that her minimum uh, sentence was set at 40 years. So I guess people told the victims that, yeah, she's going to have a, at least a minimum of 40 years in prison. But now the judge is like, oh, yeah, she's only going to have to do 30 at best or at the most. Well, not at the most, at the least. Um, so Allett's motives have never been fully explained. Uh, according to one theory, she showed symptoms of a factitious disorder known as Munchausen syndrome or Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Uh, this disorder is described as involving a pattern of abuse in which a perpetrator ascribes to uh, or physically falsifies illnesses in someone under their care to attract attention to themselves. Gypsy so, Rose. So Patrick. Gypsy Rose. Yeah, we researched her for the month of October. Spooky month. October. Yeah. Uh, so I want to talk about those two because it went back to what I researched at the, or, uh, looked up at the beginning where we had the hero and then we had the one who was just making things up for attention, uh, making sick, sickness. You. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, making, making sicknesses up. up. That's like, I'm not actually in pain. Mm. I'm just starving myself and making you guys feel sad about it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. No. Um, well, Definitely except the sad part. I'm not really sad. I, oh, okay. I don't really feel bad either. It's just kind of inconvenient for me. Why? Because you're drinking alone and I'm drinking Gatorade? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. So So now you're just sad drinking and not... Oh, I'm not sad. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot. That's the part. Mm-hmm. So this also wasn't the topic that I wanted to research, but I figured the big, massive topic that I want to research, uh, I can do later. On another... M- Med- Christmas Med- Medical Mystery yeah! Podcast! Medical Mystery, but not this month. This month, I'm going to do something completely different and nothing else. Nothing else. Animal killings. Ooh. Killings. Animals killing people. Oh, I'm okay with that. But not not like like really weird animals. An like Okapi. a possum. Oh. Rabies. Mm-hmm. Rabies is a scary illness. So is Lyme's disease. Oh, that's a scary one, too. <gasps> Nobody knows. We can talk. We can do diseases. I don't want to. Oh, I want to do diseases. Because I and then the creepy crawlies. Parasites! No. Ooh! Sciencey! Anyways, um, yeah, so that was, uh, that's wrapping up December with our medical mystery. It's not January. Mystery. Okay. Well, and it's January when we're recording this, too. So you've just fully shit on the month. I shit on a lot of things this month. <laughs> it's the first day. Uh, exactly. <laughs> what have you been doing all day? <laughs> shitting getting a lot of stuff done let me tell you let, no absolutely nothing uh yeah so that's that wow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um what nothing you gonna tell me something i thought about it but i don't want to anymore okay well i'm gonna throw out this idea crazy just a weird like crazy idea you should listen to our uh sister podcast <gasps> Let's, Let's talk, talk about, about gay stuff. What were you gonna say? Ruby podcast. No, they're not our sister. They're our daughter. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about gay stuff. Brings you all of the things that you need to know about gay history. The herstory. The herstory, mamas. Uh, house down boots. Um. They bring really valid points to everything they talk about. They bring their uh information to us. They research their topics every single week. Three topics. Get them done. 
Let's mm-hmm. go. Uh, they post. Well, they're going through some changes. Ooh. In their life. Ooh. So maybe not three. Okay. But definitely two. There's gonna be someone there. Somebody will be there, <laughs> and I'm gonna record it. And all help. <laughs> and I help. <laughs> yeah. So definitely give them a shout out at let's talk about gay stuff dot com. Let's talk about gay stuff on Instagram. Talk and gay Facebook. S- oh, and Facebook and talk gay stuff on Twitter. Twitter. You want to send them an email? You can send them an email at let's talk about gay stuff at gmail dot mm-hmm. And of course, we can't forget our. Dear, dear child. That we don't love anymore. That we don't love. And we never loved. We weren't ready for her. And she came anyways. anyways. That's our Rupee Podcast. Woo! Our Rupee Podcast gives you the reviews, hunty darling. Hunty. Televised drag competitions. Anything we can find. Anything. We love it. And I saw on Twitter the other day, well, actually, I keep seeing it. People are like, oh my God, I'm just so exhausted. I'm not, bitch. I'll watch it every day of the week. Bitch, I don't give a fuck. I will watch Drag Race as much as I fucking need to. I don't care. I can watch, put three Drag Races on at one time. I'm going to watch every single one of them. I'm going to have stupid opinions about every single one of them, and I am okay with that. I may not be able to share all of them with the internet, but But I will have them. we will make sure to try. It will be a 30-minute conversation. Exactly. And we'll talk about it for longer than the episode is. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. Uh, So we're uh, discussing season 13 of RPDR. RuPaul's Drag Race. We haven't recorded it yet, but it's coming soon because yeah. we just watched it tonight. Tonight, darling. So check them out. That's our Rupee Podcast at ourrupeepodcast.com. Our Rupee Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And send them an email at ourrupeepodcast at gmail.com. Uh-huh. Um, I'd also like to shout out to our OG sponsor. The OG. The original OG bus club, another club. Plane, no sleep, always getting it done. Economy Works. Economy Works. They are a freelance talent network that connects professionals with project work. If you are a company that needs help writing job descriptions, conducting marketing analysis, and managing your social media platforms, Economy Works has an extensive talent network of freelance professionals ready to help you do more with less. Economy works. When we work, the, the economy, economy works. works. Find out more at Economy Works. That oh, find oh, I've been find saying out this more wrong. EconomyWorks.com. That's E C O N O M I W O R K S dot com. Economy Works. Yeah. I've been saying that line wrong this entire time because I normally go find out more at EconomyWorks.com, but it's written as find out more about Economy Works at EconomyWorks.com. I have not said that right ever. Huh. <laughs> That's why it tripped me up because now I'm sober reading it. And I'm like, Whoa. I've never done this before. <laughs> I know. Where are normally we? I'm what two or three shots in and three or four yeah, white claws in. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about economy works. And that's so like... do you need a job? Did you want to hang out with some people at an office? Did you just call them? So the fact that I was just like. Oh, there's more words in there than normal. Because normally it's like the words are just kind of there, like just grabbing at them as I see them. But nope. That. This chair's gonna go. Just, oh my well, god. Maybe if you weren't 3,000 pounds. Hey, I'm really trying to bulk right now, okay? Actually, since I've been eating in four days, I. I know, I don't know what's happening. I'm sorry. Um, I'm feeling really skinny in my face. Oh, <laughs> like, I can't tell. <laughs> you still look like a fat chipmunk. <laughs> Well, your eyes look smaller. Is my that something eyes are you've changed? 
They're just sunken. <laughs> you have less teeth than normal. <laughs> That's the meth. <laughs> My bad. It's the scurvy. It's the scurvy. Yarr! No? Yeah. I've been sailing too much. <laughs> I've been on the seven seas. <laughs> I'm sailing. No, it, it, I don't know where I'm. What I'm saying. Anyways, that was an interesting podcast. Yeah, we did it on our third take. Finally, got all the way through it. Mm. You get to listen to half of one of Spencer's stories again, again, <laughs> and then start with that story. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Feel about that. Good. Okay. It's time to go. It's time to leave. We should tell them to get, get spooky, spooky with, with it. it. <laughs>